0: Long enough. It's good. It's good. Michigan wins the game. Michigan shocks Washington and the. radio is on. It's on 88.3 FM, WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor's 24-hour open-minded radio surprise pudding. Licensed to the regents of the University of Michigan, operated by students, at the University of Michigan, uniquely maintained as a healthy alternative and a positive influence on the mental health of the Ann Arbor community. You are here. Well, it's time for another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And unfortunately, I was hanging out on the porch today, and Jim might have called me and let me know that he's not going to be here. Maybe he's a little late, but uh, we'll see uh, if he makes it. If not, uh, we'll see him next week. Um, Obviously, the election is winding down. I think we're all thankful for that. Uh, all these television ads are oh, just a catastrophe, and I thought it was a kind of a kind of a bad week for the Democrats, and not through any fault of their own. It Just the stories that dominated the news last week got off the election a little bit, off some of the incredible gaffes that continued to occur uh, with Republican candidates, particularly the uh, teabaggers, and uh, on to a lot of Issues that simply are not going to help the Democrats. Ginny Thomas, wife of Clarence Thomas, was in the news. We have the WikiLeaks story that dominated the weekend uh, media coverage a little bit. Uh, more on WikiLeaks uh, probably after the election, because that's a very complicated uh, story. Uh, I watched a number of debates last week. And, of course, you have this Juan Williams NPR story that dominated mm-hmm. the news for a couple of days. And, as usual, it's a phony story. Um, so I'll briefly comment on it. Uh, we're a radio station. Uh, we've had, uh, unfortunately, down here at CBN over the years, an occasional uh, incident that sort of resembles this. Uh, if you examine the uh, particular comments that Juan Williams made on Fox News, and I don't think we need to regurgitate them here, uh, about the Muslim garb, uh, obviously factually is just simply incorrect. The 9/11 hijackers were not wearing Muslim garb; they were wearing.
1: Western clothing,
0: Western clothing, corporate suits, monkey suits, if you will, <laughs> they fit right in uh, with uh, with Americans. Uh, that's uh, so. There was no quote Muslim garb even involved in nine eleven, but Juan Williams's problem was that he was wearing two different hats at two different organizations. One that purports to be a quote unquote objective uh, news organization, NPR, a uh, National Public Radio. And Fox News, which has gone out of its way uh, in this particular cycle, not to be fair and balanced, but uh, blatantly partisan. And, of course, Fox News has been fomenting quite a bit of this anti-Muslim rhetoric for the last three or four months. We saw it most conspicuously during the whole debate about the so-called Muslim center. Partly driven by Rupert Murdoch's uh, New York publishing empire as well. And there's just a lot of that been going on at Fox News for quite some time. So Juan Williams' comments were consistent with that uh, propaganda message that's working uh, for the Republican Party, I might add, unfortunately. And uh, even though Juan Williams backtracked a bit on his comment... Uh, In and of itself, it wasn't that offensive. This is nothing about the First Amendment. So we give a brain damage award out to Sarah Palin and Jim DeMint, who seem to be the uh, Royal Highness couple of the Tea Party movement. Um, We're winning. That's what she said in California. Interesting that Fiorina and Meg Whitman didn't even appear at the campaign appearance with her. I don't know that they're winning. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. By we're she probably means she and her publicist. Yeah. They're taking in some money for her political action committee. By the way, she's been incredibly parsimonious in doling it out. And she's shown no consistency uh, in uh, who she supports. And her, uh, shall we say, her version of the mini-me, Christine O'Donnell, is not winning. Uh, in fact, I will say that she's going to get crushed. As are Meg Whitman and Carly Fiorina. Uh, I've not seen any poll showing them over 40% anywhere. I think that uh, California, in fact, is going to be a big story. That's going to be one state uh, where the Tea Party candidates and the so-called Tea Party wing of the Republican Party uh, does nothing and uh, possibly even may cost a few Republicans a seat or two in the House of Representatives. But getting back to the First Amendment and what private organizations are allowed to do, every organization has personal conduct uh, rules about uh, how you present yourself, and any organization has the right to fire you for misconduct. And Juan Williams seems to have had a track record of making comments that had gotten him in trouble with management. He was not fired. His contract was terminated. There's a difference. Firing is, uh, is a different thing. Um, he breached his contract. That's law. That's the law that's applicable here, not the First Amendment. Nobody infringed on Juan Williams' right to say anything he wanted Indeed, that's what got him in trouble, so to speak. But he's not in any trouble. Fox News hired him for three years at $2 million. So talking um, and demanding that NPR hire him back or issue an apology is uh, ridiculous. And, of course, all the rumpus about uh, cutting off uh, federal funds to NPR. Big deal. Go ahead and do it. It's a really small portion of their budget And I seem to recall that the widow of uh, Ray Kroc, Joan Kroc, gave NPR an incredible trust fund sum of money. Ray Kroc of McDonald's. Yeah. Big uh, money. The beefy Rush Limbaugh burger boys out there, the Newt Gingrich (laughs) Kentucky rednecks and hillbillies. Um, And boy, that's an offensive comment. But you know what? I have a right to say it. And I'm not going to get fired for it. You've been eating the burgers all these years. Your money is going to NPR. So put that in your Big Mac and swallow. (laughs) Or, shall I say, man up. (laughs) Put it in your Big Mac and swallow. And let's not lament about any uh, disaster for Juan Williams. What's remarkable about the Juan Williams case is that he's an African-American. And if anybody should be sensitive to Racial profiling, which he was vaguely suggesting in his comments, mm-hmm. that got him sort of the ca- the straw that broke the camel's back. You would think it would be him. So maybe someday it would be ironic if he were yanked on a, over for uh, further questioning by our airport security because he fits a profile of looking like a Muslim. Hmm. Wonder if that'll ever happen to Juan Williams. Maybe he better carry a sign around like a big hat. I'm Juan Williams, Fox News commentator. <laughs> Paid. Paid, Fox. Uh, actually, I think they yeah. tattoo it on the back of your neck, uh, owned by Rupert Murdoch.
1: Yeah. I think when you sign on at Fox.
0: So, yeah, he he, he has a future career as a toady for uh, the the Fox News network, which really is almost borderline the network uh, of Joseph Goebbels. It's propaganda, endless propaganda lies, smear campaigns, and uh, unfortunately, uh, they have been uh, profiting from this uh, anti-Muslim rhetoric that they have been peddling for months on end, endlessly. And uh, Glenn Beck and uh, Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity are three of the worst people uh, calling themselves journalists. No, they're, they're, they're toadies for, for corporate America, i.e. Rupert Murdoch. And his uh, curious agenda, uh, pretending to be journalists. Well, and you
1: can be sure that when they no longer serve their purposes, that uh, all ties will be severed. Um, very interesting article in the uh, new uh, New Yorker magazine. That's the October eighteenth issue by Sean Wilentz, uh, called "Comeback John Birch," and it extensively profiles the. Uh, <clears throat> Background: the intellectual background, quote unquote, of Glenn Beck's uh, body of work. Oh yeah, if we can mm-hmm. include his uh, ghost-written texts <clears throat> and his uh, radio performances, and they are really performances. They're not really presentations of uh, systematically gathered and analyzed factual information. It's a series of misrepresentation,
0: false information.
1: And uh, utter BS.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, by the way, that the candidate, the Republican candidate running in Texas that uh, issued the veiled threats about violence, uh, mm. he's apparently a agent of the Tea Party uh, running as a Republican in a t- Texas congressional race, has been on Glenn Beck's uh, show a number of times with... Uh, Glenn Beck openly endorsing his uh, unbelievable message. And we'll
1: see when all is said and done in the elections, uh, whether or not the uh, Chamber of Commerce stands by their maneuver here to uh, cozy up to the uh, Tea Party, which, of course, is a sort of a there was an article in the Progressive magazine a while ago where uh, Noam Chomsky suggested that the Tea Party is perhaps the uh leading edge of a new fascist movement. I don't think it's quite that organized, uh, but I do think that it is a resurgence of the John Birch Society, the nativists, mm-hmm. the uh, what used to be called yahoos in the political context of the 60s, and ultra-rightists, uh, nationalists. The know-nothings. The know-nothings was another <laughs> epithet uh, which they enjoyed. And uh, you just look at their uh, statements and uh, they they just make a series of ludicrous claims. Uh, And none of these guys can respond uh, in a debate, in a response. They just, they have that soapbox from which they deliver and, uh, you know, speak uh, where they're paid to speak. And it's really not uh, what the people are thinking. It's just what some people are convinced, you know, well... Yeah, this guy's on Fox, so he must know what he's talking about, and uh, I like his anger. It amuses me, or I like the way he uh, insults the president or Nancy Pelosi or whatever, and so from an entertainment level, people buy these books. I really don't think that the people who buy the Glenn Beck books uh, think about them a great deal. I think they're entertainment.
0: Yeah, but... uh... (laughs) When they buy the Glenn Beck book and then he gives money to the Chamber of Commerce to run attack ads anonymously all all over the country, it's scary. And, of course, in recent weeks we've seen uh, Sharon Angle and... uh joe miller in alaska the uh, all-time welfare queen running for office uh plummeting uh, angle is not plummeting in the polls um but miller is they've actually refused to answer questions now actually boehner's laying low too and uh let's give sharon angle a brain damage award for her appearance at a a high school uh dealing with the hispanic issue and saying you look like asians more like asians (laughs) to me um, this is the kind of kookiness that we're dealing with, and it strikes me that the longer the campaign would go on, the worse that the uh, GOP slash Tea Party would uh, will do. Uh, they're obviously g- going to win seats. Uh, remains to be seen how many. Um, I watched about twenty minutes of an American Enterprise Institute panel uh, give predictions for the upcoming elections, and their <laughs> predictions were remarkable. Um, by the way, the guy in the House was using a sort of mathematical uh, political science formula to claim that the uh, Republicans will win uh, somewhere between 63 and 72 House seats, which I find a little um, incorrect. Uh, one state that you can look at early on, two states that you can look at early on, on uh, election night to see how uh, who's going to control the House, are Pennsylvania and New York. Um, the Republican Party has had it for a complete disaster in New York thanks to Carl Paladino. He's been such a moron. He needs to start a television show with O'Donnell and Angle and maybe Joe Miller. Um, maybe they can call it Carly's Angels. <laughs> they can go about the country on secret detective missions to find liberals that might be sleeping in gingerbread houses? <laughs> How silly can it get? Uh, and, of course, you have the New York debate with, uh, it's, I'm, 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 I'm of the party of the two goddamn uh, rich, uh, the rent's too goddamn high party. All the problems in America can be boiled down to it's the rent's too goddamn high party. And I was like, what's this guy? I look at him. <laughs> he looks like Chester A. Arthur. He's an African-American. And, then, of course, it turns out, he lives in a subsidized housing uh, place. Somewhere, the New York Times exposed him as a complete fraud, and then of course they had a ex-hooker, Madame, on the stage with the other gubernatorial Lord. debates in New York State. Uh, this is what our campaigns have uh, come to. Brain damage award to Sarah Palin. Uh, she she deserves so many. She makes them on a daily basis. She endorses. Um, John Racey for the Senate seat in Pennsylvania when he's running for the Senate seat in West Virginia. Well, well you know, runs, from- ar- ar- runs around with a, with, a, with a sign that says party like it's 1773. And I thought, <laughs> OK, uh, why don't you take another hit of laudanum? <laughs>
1: No doubt. Yeah, well, if it was you're partying like it was 1773, uh, she'd be at home uh, stitching
0: someone's knickers. That's right. And uh, and half of her children would have died before the age of five, uh, many of them from smallpox, cowpox, and uh, GOP pox. <laughs> <laughs> A pox. If, if not chicken pox, the pox news network <clears throat> coming soon in your area uh, go Pox, uh, newt gingrich's uh, fundraising organization and of course it you know it also helped uh the republican party to have a couple of uh of days devoted to the nfl and concussions and dirty hits well whatever football's a violent game And I noticed, I I didn't watch a ton of football this weekend, but I noticed uh, even in the NFL, uh, the players weren't using their helmets to tackle people. Gee, it's surprising what those big fines will do uh, when you uh, enforce the rules. It's kind of like regulating the financial industry. Hey, there you go. And as for this idea that somehow we've got to take our country back, I don't like to point out that before Obama came into power, the Republican Party had been in charge of the White House or the Congress, or both, 93% of the time. Apparently, 28 years, two massive financial crises involving the banking industry, two stock market collapses, and $13 trillion of, of wealth that was wiped off the books while George Bush was president isn't enough damage. Apparently, they, we want more. This is starting to look like what's his name in in uh, Monty, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. They they want more spankings. <laughs> uh, it is
1: remarkable that uh, people can you know raise the uh, the cry for
0: more deregulation. <laughs> Go back to the free enterprise system. That was a you know it was interesting watching the Senate debates how disciplined the Republicans were in sticking to their messages. They, they, all, they all use the same phrases, um, s- seal the borders, Obamacare, cut spending, give tax cuts to the rich. I mean, th- their whole economic idea is completely incoherent. And I thought by far the best debates were the Wisconsin Senate debates. I didn't see the first one, but I saw two-thirds of the second and most of the third, and it, they had by far the best questions. Um, but you could tell that something about Ron Johnson, the Republican candidate, who's a plastic manufacturer, who basically is not part of the Tea Party movement. He's, he's a little more moderate. But it was interesting how Russ Feingold just honed in on him repeatedly on the issue of physical discipline, which he hmm. said, I'll have this election determined on it. I've told you where I oppose the, 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 the tax cuts for the rich. uh and dealing with the deficit, this is how I'll do it. He hasn't said one thing specific on how to deal with any of it. He's just given you pablum. Maybe it'll work in Wisconsin, but Feingold seems to be recovering a bit uh, in the election, and it's remarkable that he's one of the incumbents that uh, may be defeated.
1: Well, what did you make of the story that came out this last week? Uh, And Clearly, this is one of those... Leaks with an agenda uh, that Bill Clinton lost the secret codes that would be used to authorize a U.S. nuclear strike during the last year of his presidency. General Hugh Shelton has alleged in a new book, uh, once served as Joint Chief of Staff, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff under Mr. Clinton, said the codes were lost for months, leaving the U.S. unable to launch its nuclear weapons. Well...
0: Who knows whether that's true? <laughs> but it's a
1: very timely claim. Yeah. Of course, Clinton's been out. Uh, he's he's been the most campaigning, effective, very effective. Yeah. Uh,
0: other than Obama himself, who has drawn huge crowds, and I think revived a little bit of quote energy. I think that what's been important about Obama's appearances is he is going to states in which incumbent Democratic senators seem to be in a bit of trouble, and he seems to have actually shored up. Uh, Support for them a little bit. As I said earlier, uh, Carly Fiorina is, I mean, she's stuck at 38 percent. And Meg Whitman has just been, well, she's pathetic. I mean, I saw some uh, statistic where her, uh, the Republican uh, gubernatorial uh, candidates, Mr. Scott and uh, Linda McMahon have spent $250 million almost of their own money trying to win these offices. The real story after this election is not going to be ideology or a referendum on Obama. It's going to be the unknown and known effect that money had on these races. Mm. Um, I think that the outside money, the the amount of money uh, being thrown around uh, by uh, various... Uh, <laughs> so-called interest groups that are allowed to spend unlimited amounts of money now um, in these campaigns because of Citizens United. Um, is uh, going to be the real story. But I think there are going to be a lot of races where the candidate that spent the most money actually lost. Uh, Jerry Brown, very effective in uh, the one debate that I saw him with Meg Whitman. Just, uh, you know, he's, he's got the right energy, and that sometimes is, is how you can kind of look at who you think's going to win. Look at the body language. Yeah. Um, And, of course, here in the state of Michigan, um, you know, we have a couple of congressional seats that are sort of up in the air. But um, barring a miracle, it appears that uh, one tough nerd is going to beat the angriest mayor in uh, America. But we'll see. Yeah. And again, that's there's... why we have elections. Right. And the turnout and the ground game is still an unknown factor uh, in many of these states. Um, and of course, uh, the, youth, the youth vote is still, I, I say, an unknown factor in terms of their uh, effective turnout. But if Americans want to see what's going to happen, uh, they should start paying attention to the British political situation mm. or the <laughs> riots that were in France. That was another story that benefited the Republicans over the week, uh, the riots in France uh, over the uh, Sarkozy proposals to uh, raise the retirement age. Now, here in America, we would think raising the retirement age from 60 to 62 is perfectly reasonable. In France, this has led to uh, violence on the streets. And on Friday, the uh, Senate or the upper chamber of the French uh, parliament, whatever they're they're called, passed this... uh, Proposal through, so uh, elections matter. Whether Indeed. Sarkozy can win re-election in a couple of years, I don't know. Uh, the French president, I believe, has a seven-year term, so you're stuck with that hose bag for quite a while. <laughs> Who still, every time I look at him, he looks like Kevin McDonald
1: from Kids in the Hall. So uh, I always expect some sort of crazy tone to come from his voice when he talks. Yeah. And of course, yeah, the the unrest there has uh, really shut down big sectors of industry too. Uh, there've been strikes in protest, and
0: the British cuts are are not small; they're huge. Now, they're talking about laying off half a million public sector workers, with a theory that the private sector is going to absorb the job, yeah. the jobs that are not created. Um, this is one of the problems in, here in America. They've been laying people off in state right. and local government. Right and left, because of budget cuts, uh, it's interesting, uh, just an article from the uh, 3rd of June, this is, this is very interesting in my opinion, it says total tax collections in Louisiana fell by a third during the first three months of, of, of the same year compared to a year earlier in Louisiana. And Louisiana is one of 34 states that collected less in taxes during the period, a troubling sign of the lingering effects of the economic downturn. This, by the way, is part of what the stimulus package did. It was interesting to observe, for instance, Joe Sestak and uh, Russ Feingold defend the stimulus package uh, in a debate while they were being attacked for voting for it. Um, the, the, you know, these are remarkable downturns in the economy. It's interesting, by the way, that in the state of Massachusetts, they actually have a referendum on the ballot that will cut the sales tax 50%, down to 3%. And the people get to vote on that. And the question is, well, what do you do if it passes? That was kind of the big question for the yeah. gubernatorial candidates. And they said, well, we get, we're going to have to raise property taxes and, and income taxes. Um Rand Paul, uh, who is apparently the figurative and literal leader of the upcoming Republican ranslide, <laughs> um wants to have a 24% value-added tax here in the United States. You talk about something that will crush the American economy, and that's going to be it. And incidentally, the British as part of the, the, the conservative-liberal-democrat uh, coalition in Britain, has proposed increasing their value-added tax from 17% to 20 This is what's going on. And maybe the most fascinating... Aspect,
1: value-added tax, just quickly for listeners, yeah. is a disincentive in, in international trade. Yeah. It uh, makes the import and
0: export uh, extremely costly. It's basically like a sales tax. And uh, in, in Britain, that 17% is used for health care. Right. Uh, It's basically on all sales uh, at the point of purchase. Um, Maybe one of the more fascinating things about the British proposals, when they first came out, they were proposing cutting um, their defense spending by 20%. And what did America do in response to that? They started bellyaching about Britain not, quote, pulling their weight in NATO. So that got scaled back to 8% cuts. But boy, an 8% cut uh, in the American Pentagon budget... (laughs) That would be an astonishing figure. <laughs> be probably about seventy to eighty billion dollars.
1: Lots of uses uh, here at home for seventy to eighty billion dollars, and
0: uh, but don't expect any of these no. so-called "I'm going to cut spending when I get to Washington" Republicans uh, to deal with it. I mean, it's just they don't regard that as discretionary spending, even though it is. Which
1: is mind-blowing, really, that that uh, sort of delusion, uh, you know, all this talk about responsibility and uh, heaven help us, even uh, Christian philosophy uh, in politics, it it really only has more to do with protecting the vested interests of the corporations who pay for the dog-and-pony show aspect of elections, these uh, ridiculous advertisements, the lengthy drawn-out procedures, all the Publicity costs of uh, campaigning here. And uh, it can't be said often enough. It'll probably never happen in our lifetime. But until we have real electoral reform, uh, we're going to get these kind of elections. It's, yeah. just, it's the system that uh, where money is the, the key determiner.
0: And, of course, when you have the Supreme Court, which by a five-to-four decision earlier this year upheld unlimited corporate spending in campaigns, overturning uh, both American Supreme Court precedent, and the absurd theory that they articulated that, that this is free speech. Right. Uh, we've seen the free speech thing abused repeatedly uh, in, in connection with the Juan Williams uh, business. In well, who opinion.
1: had the, uh, the the famous quote about, I believe in freedom of the press, the man who owns the press is free to say whatever he wants. That's the attitude that the Supreme Court took, that, okay, money is speech.
0: Yeah. And uh, don't, by the way, take any constitutional mini-courses at the Claremont Institute, because apparently there they teach you that the First Amendment is actually the Second Amendment, because O'Donnell didn't know anything about it. Um, her uh, minions... And spinmeisters appeared on television the next couple of days to state that there is no phrase separation of church and state in the Constitution, but that wasn't what the debate was about. Uh, It was not the particular words themselves. It was the concept. Mm -hmm. And for her... Which is implicit in
1: the First Amendment.
0: Yeah. And of course, she was going into her spiel about creationism, which of course is another code word... um, Believe that I haven't read that article, but I believe that New Yorker article has some of the weird Glenn Beck code words that he uses yeah. in the course of the, his show that are actually Mormon code words, just as Dred Scott is a code word, a uh, former U of M football lineman, John Runyon, running in New Jersey. When asked to cite a Supreme Court decision that he agreed with over the last uh, 10 to 15 years, cited Dred Scott. (laughs) Of course, he was a little wrong on the history. Uh, Runyon was a pretty good ball player here at U of M. But one wonders how many concussions he had in the NFL. Maybe that should have been the question, the follow-up question, because Dred Scott, of course, was decided in the 19th century, not within the last 10 to 15 years. But there is a code word involving Dred Scott that uh, Tea Party, Hosebag Party people are supposed to use uh, when referring to Supreme Court decisions because it's a failed reference to Roe versus Wade. Mm. But that wasn't decided in the last 10 or 15 years either. No,
1: and this this wackiness of the Supreme Court decisions is another case in point of where elections matter.
0: Yeah, and of course we've seen with the with the revelations about Jenny Thomas and her connection to the uh, Tea Party, uh, very troubling conflicts of interest involving mm-hmm. Clarence Thomas and decisions that he's making on the Supreme Court. Uh, never mind the perjury that apparently he has definitely committed.
1: I don't think anyone's ever been removed from the Supreme Court, but boy, you should could sure make a good argument for. Uh...
0: There might have been a case or two in the nineteenth century. I'll have to look that one up, but uh it you could make a case for it. Um it's complicated and then let's face it, in this political environment it won't happen. Yeah, a non starter. It'll be uh viewed as a uh, lynch mob.